Saraya. Dona Mor. Omofoto. Cibubur. Jakarta. Jakarta. Just for recreation sake. And to be passing the time away. It's so fun. Welcome all to the Jakarta Bintangs at 25, Perpetuating the Myth. This is episode two. Uh, I'm Ben Giles, the current Bintangs president, and uh, I'm joined by Bintang royalty now. Uh, it's it's going to be a great episode. Our first episode, we looked at the interesting time in, in building the Jakarta Bintangs. Uh, one game a season, normally. Um, and then by the end of 99, 2000, after the, you know, the successful 98 grand final, we earned a bit of money and then it sort of uh, snowballed from there and we really started building a footy club and playing games and touring and, and, and giving to the community. And that's what this episode's all about. So without further ado, I'll, uh, I'll just introduce some of the boys. The first one who came in probably around the early, probably early mid nineties, uh, life member number one. Uh, he's a foundation member, of course, captain in 98. Apparently he was coach in 97, I can't remember that. Uh, president 98 to 2002, and he returned in 05 and 10 on a rescue mission. Um, he awarded himself Best Clubman in 2006, and he also has a Legends Award named after him as well. Uh, is none other than President for Life, Tim Huckfoot. Tim, welcome. Thanks, Benny. Thanks for uh, thanks for organising all this for us, mate. Good to have you, mate. Um, our next guest probably arrived with Orica in the Big Durian about 1997. Um, he was captain in 01 to 04, leading goal kicker in 03. BJ Morgan medalist in 2001, rubber up in three and four. Asian champs player of the tournament and also Asian, all Asian in 2000, 2001 and 2003. Highly decorated. He was also in the team of the, the Duopulu uh, in the first ruck. Robbie, the emu scratcher spur. Welcome, Rob. Thanks. Cheers. A third guest. Wow. Winner of the first BJ Morgan in 2000. Uh, first club legend 2001, the coach in 2000, though that will be questioned uh, later. Uh, All Asian in 2000 and also full forward in the team of the Duopulu. This is Sammy Modica. Sam, welcome, mate. Thanks, Benny. And our uh, final is uh, none other. None other. He was coach in 2001, 2002. Club legend. He was the second in 2002, leading goal kicker for a few years. Uh, All Asian a couple of times as well. You know, 2001 maybe in 2005. Senar Ford and coach. Um, just where Sammy is probably the owner of the most iconic image of the Bintangs. Uh, this guy's the owner of the most iconic quote, uh, and we might have that footage a little later anyway. It's Neil Thompson. Welcome, Tomo. Um, guys, we might just quickly go around and uh, just very quickly, if you could, uh, starting with, with Hack, how you uh, came across the Bintangs and your first impressions. Um, my first foray into yourself and, um, and Bruce Morgan was at a grand final function. It was in a little bar in Kamang. I can't quite I think it's, it's well and truly closed by now, but um, that would have been in 93, maybe 94. Um, 
and everybody was um, well and truly inebriated. And uh, Brucey Morgan came up to me and said, I'm starting a footy club. Are you interested? I said, yes. And um, that was the start of it. Um, and then uh, we worked towards uh, our first game in 95. In, um, I think there was a tour to Bali. Correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Benny. Was it a tour to Bali in early 95 or was uh, am I incorrect? No, no. Wombats came to us. I think we went to Bali in 96 or 7 when they were wearing the Brisbane Bears jumpers. Uh, that was our first tour. But, yeah, um, I remember recruiting you. Um, we did have a strict recruitment policy. Uh, that was discussed in the first in episode one as well. Um, and you were, you were over five foot three and under, under 55 at the, at the time. So you were, a, uh, you were a prime recruit. Rob, when did you, uh, how about you? When did you come across us? Uh, arrived in uh, May 98, Ben, and uh, I think I met yourself and Pete Wallace in, a, in the bar in Cabaya on Baru and went to training the next day from memory. And um, I think I was on the committee about three days later, <laughs> having not played for, for 10 years. Yeah, and, um, did a Bali tour um, later that year and nearly died in the heat and, in those woolen jumpers and <laughs> yeah, stayed for six years. I think there's one behind me still. Sammy, how about you, mate? Yep. Um, he arrived in Jakarta in 2000 and struggling to make uh, make myself known up there. And uh, my secretary saved me by giving me a cutout of the uh, Jakarta Bintang's ad in the paper. I think it was in the Jakarta Post. And I, uh, I rang the number and uh, the hack was answered and uh, introduced me to, yep. to the Bintang's. And... Uh, Whilst we're on the call, he asked me if I actually played cricket. And um, we actually went down and played cricket with the Rebels before I actually played a game with the Bintangs. And uh, oh, it was history after that. Started getting involved and going to training at, uh, at the Australian Embassy and then trotting around those back streets. It was, a, it was an interesting time. How many years were you here for? On and off two years. I think I was pretty much out of the picture by the end of 2001. Okay, massive impact in the two years. Uh, Tomo, how about you, mate? Yeah, thanks, Ben. I came up in December 2000 as the uh, Army attaché working out of the embassy, and um, I met Matt Stevens there pretty early on, and he was a Canberra boy, so I, I had played a lot of footy in Canberra, so he's probably aware that I was a football player. Um, and I think it was in January we that the embassy had a had a welcome function and a few beers had gone down the throat. And I knew there was a committee meeting over at Aphrodite's, uh, Jakarta Bintang. So I went over there and I was, I was a bit under the weather and I walked in there and I think Tim, who I hadn't met, jumped up and grabbed me by the hand and said, congratulations, Neil, you're, you're our new, or you've been appointed as captain coach for the year. <laughs> Or, or coats of the year, and I'm I'm there a bit stunned, uh, but being a bit inebriated, I thought, ah, oh, why the hell not? And uh, so uh, that was my introduction to being coach of the bin tanks, playing coach. Magnificent. Yeah. That, well, Timmy Timmy was had a few jobs at that time. He was he was working the switchboard, and and uh, he was recruitment as well at the time. It was it was uh, it was a very very busy man at that early stage. Um, thanks for that, fellas. Now, where we finished off in the last, uh, in episode one, was around 99. Now, I left in 99 um, 
around May uh, after our first win over Singapore at the chip. And um, we were still wearing those horrible, well, those lovely vintage jumpers, but they were pretty horrible to wear up here. Uh, something then happened. You then got some new jumpers. Uh, Rob or Hack, can you uh, explain the new design? Because it did change a little bit. Here you go, Rob. Yeah, I think um, after the 98, uh, sorry, 90, yeah, 98 grand final function, there was a bit of money in the bank and we were sweating in those um, old woolen jumpers and we took to the committee that we probably needed to get some of those fancy light design jumpers. Shane Volk said, well, we need a, um, a new design. My driver's a pretty good drawer. He draws good stuff. So um, I'll get him to design a jumper. So he came back with the design next committee meeting and um, we had a new jumper with the, the star in the middle beautifully designed by Shane's driver. Oh, that's magnificent. Um, in 99, uh, there was meant to be the Asian Champs, I believe, was meant to be held here in Jakarta, um, but it wasn't. I, I, you know, there were obviously a few external events or internal events that were, that were going on that, that made it seem a little risky. So. There was a well, there was a, a teams tournament that was probably our first tour. It was the first uh, tournament that we played in in Bangkok, was it? Yeah, that's right. Um, it was actually meant to be in Jakarta, but because of um, all the um, the furor and the uh, change of government, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and the Chrismon, um, it was decided everybody decided it was way too dangerous, which it probably was. Um, just. Going, uh, we're giving credit where credit's due. Even though he's a lunatic, I, it, the idea of the um, the Asian Championships actually came from Baldy, and I think uh, Jules had something to do with it as well. Jules would probably put his hand up to say it was his idea, but um, Baldy was a was a big um, big engine to uh, to push it through, and um, we um, we decided to um, postpone. The, 90, the inaugural one in Jakarta because everyone agreed that yes, it's a Jakarta idea, so we'll um, we'll just have a tournament in in Bangkok, um, which um, it was us, Singapore, Hong Kong, and Malaysia. I think Spezi, is that right? Right, it was the Four Nations Cup. It was called yeah. Four Nations Cup, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think Singapore are claiming as a um, as an Asian Championships nowadays, but um, they yeah, can get right. stuffed. <laughs> um, so that was 99, you then came back, grand final function, huge success in 98 um, uh, for our first year. You know, it blew us all, blew us all, all away, didn't it really, with probably around 600 people, great players coming up and the like. 99 was uh, another big success as well, but I've, you know, there were stories I've heard of, uh, was it Indonesia's worst ever band um, performed on the day and, uh, you had some interesting guests coming up as well. I think there was also some uh, some strife going on, wasn't it? It was probably what was that Samungi part two. I think there were some demonstrations. So, as ever, the Bintangs, uh, you know, there, there's always a lot of things happening around us, um, you know, in the city. But managing to uh, get by and get things done. Uh, Rob, <laughs> you're you're the man behind this grand final function. Anything around? Anything? Any truth around? Uh, I think there was Crezer and Dale Lewis came up. I think '99 we had Lewis, Wharf, and, and Creswell. Um, we uh, yeah we were we had a lot of success in '98, so we got a bit cocky in '99. And I uh, remember we took to the 
committee they were going to put a band on in the morning. Um, and Greg Parham, who was on the committee, said, you know, a fantastic band from the Elvis Bar. Oh, that'll be fantastic. Tim <laughs> was president. No, we're not having it. It'll be hopeless. It'll be a stuff up. And um, we twisted Tim's arm and he said, yeah. So he yeah, hired this band. They were meant to be on at nine in the morning singing a song about Tony Lockett. Um, they missed the sound check at eight. They went there at nine. They showed up about 10, um, plugged them in and found a little spot. Um, all the speakers started wailing. It was an absolute disaster. None of, it, none of the uh, video worked. Um, we paid them and they nicked off. They were in absolute shambles and we didn't get a band back for about another five years, I think. Um, the other thing happened was Nicky, Nicky Harmon was on the desk. We left him on the desk. Uh, unfortunately, well, the National Anthem was being played and the whole room stood up for the National Anthem and uh, Mick decided to put on Led Zeppelin instead. <laughs> Absolute shambles, but uh, good fun. I think we had about 500 people in that day. Oh, it was good. Yeah, Mickey Harmon, um, I remember my farewell, I think it might have been at Greggy Parham's and uh, he volunteered to G DJ that night and all he played was death metal um, in 99. And I think the, the party lasted about an hour and a half. People were complaining and screaming at him and everything. He didn't care, he just continued to play his death metal. It was hopeless. I remember that. I remember that very well. Fucking terrible, wasn't it? Um, and uh, you, you've seen some great guests over the years, haven't you? With, uh, uh, starting with, of course, Dale Lewis was magnificent, but Creza was a bit of a character too, wasn't he? Mm. I don't remember too much about Creza, Tim. You might a bit more, but I do remember it was his first overseas trip, and I think they told him that. Jakarta was in Australia to get him on the plane and um, <laughs> get him up there. And um, yeah, he was a good character. Look, rolling then into 2000, and I think looking at, at what happened, guys, 2000 was a it was such a big year. I mean, not just about champs, but you know, some of the, the traditions that started that are still, that we still try to maintain today. Um, this is just a pivotal year. Um, I'm not sure where you, you guys want to start on, on any standouts. Um, Looking at it, you, you went to Bali and you had an early loss there. Um, came, I think Singapore came, you lost to Singapore as well, uh, probably in May. Then shortly after that, you took a trip to KL to play Singapore on the one and Malaysia, I think they were the Warriors or Tigers then, they might have been the Warriors by that stage. Um, I think you lost both, both games there as well. Um, yeah. What happened then? You went into organisation mode for the, the first Asian champs, yeah? Well, I can't remember it was, um, was, um, was Leo coach or was or we had we collared Sammy and made him coach? Leo aside. Remember we went to, to Bali and uh, Birch came up with the famous we <laughs> the punishment and then we counter punch and we absolutely got smashed. Yes. So we decided that Birch was no good. <laughs> True. So <laughs> He's a good, know, author. I think, good author, a lot of theory, not much practice. Um, <laughs> so then we decided, and I think uh, might have been you again, Hack, you were probably leading most things, but uh, you said, oh, well, you can do it then. And uh, so I, I started uh, getting the boys together. And uh, yeah, I think the, the games you mentioned, Benny, they were the games we went and we didn't have a lot of success in those three games. It was pretty awful. I didn't really... I wasn't enjoying the fact that we were losing, um, but we were pretty makeshift side. And so we, uh, we 
we had some reasonable games. We just never got over the line. What were the uh, what were the player numbers like then? Um, looking back at uh, sort of 97, 98, you know, our numbers were building in 97 and then they just dropped off with the, the financial crisis and then what happened in 98. And I guess there would have been more sort of turmoil and stuff in 99 going on. Did you, was it, was it difficult recruiting players or you, you had plenty coming on board? I reckon we started to get quite a few, particularly towards the back end of the 2000 and um, always a bit more difficult on tour, but in the home games, I think, you know, people like Mark Chadwick turned up and there's a few others that turned up as well. I mean, Chad Paul played and we had people coming through. And obviously, when the championships came along, we picked up, what, six to around six geckos, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they added a fair bit of strength to the side. When I know that Hack would hate me to say this, but they did did contribute quite a bit in that yeah. gut, in that series. It's only because we allowed them to, Benny, uh, Sammy. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, you know, there's a fair bit of education for the likes of uh, Johnny uh, Lincoln and, uh, and your fabulous mate. His name escapes you, uh, Hinchcliffe. Yes. But, um, yeah, they, we came together and then, you know, we lifted off with the champs. I think it was around, was it August? I can't remember exactly. Uh, I think it was mid-year, around June. After 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 that, your last trip was a, a tour to Vietnam. Yeah, that's right. We went and Later. played the Saints. It was a bit of a, a tri-nations series there, but um, I guess yep. But uh, the story out of the championships was that I don't know who sent Mick Harmon to jog Jakarta to get the trophies, but somebody did. <laughs> and Mick came back with this huge cup. And these huge statuettes that were to be handed out for various awards in the championships. And um, we looked at them and we were just a little bit over the top with what we had. And I think Tim said to me, well, we're bloody weak. We need to win because these bloody things have cost us, cost us a bloody fortune. So I don't know exactly how much they were, but I, I heard it was around a thousand US dollar mark. Oh, God. Is that right? I think that'd be around about right. Yep. So we were just, just shaking our heads. And we had, so the big motivation was to win the championships to retain the trophies. I've seen photos of this trophy. It's a strange little alien-like goblet, isn't it? Um, he went missing for a few days, didn't he, to, to secure these uh, trophies? So, uh, Well, we, we, left, um, we left Mick for, to design the whole thing and to organise the whole thing. And he, um, he came back... And he said, here they are with the, um, so here, these are the best player trophies, which look like a wogie. And then um, he said, here's the cup. <laughs> and the, the, the brief to Mick was, make it look like the AFL Grand Final Cup. Yeah, right, no worries. And he come back with this, this huge sort of goblet sort of looking thing. I think um, Robbo spat the dummy and Volky may, may, may have had a few comments and said, oh, that's bloody shit. We're not using that. So... Um, I said to Mick, can you can you get a um, a proper looking cup? He says, yeah, I'll get it organised. So he's jumped on the train, gone to Georgia, got the bloke to make the bloody thing, and came back. I think he probably got back the Friday or the Saturday morning off the actual championship. Oh, oh god! So uh, what we actually did, 
we um, we actually kept the good-looking cup and we gave the uh, the goblet-looking one as the perpetual trophy, which did the rounds of Asia. So we should actually have that a that that AFL-looking cup somewhere in the um, in the trophy cabinet, Benny. Yeah, we've got it somewhere. We've got it somewhere. Well, he, he went on to cover himself in glory, Mick, with uh, one of the one of the tours that we did with the um, the, the travelling uh, t-shirt with long sleeves. Remember, remember those fellas that uh, the sleeves went about thirty centimetres past your hand. <laughs> they were with the monas being shoved down the throat of the um, what was it? Was it the wombat? That's the original oh, artwork. There it is. That's it. He's oh, given yeah. this for my fiftieth, and he's uh, he said that's the original artwork for the uh, for the TV, for the shirt. Absolute classic, and the, and the shirts were even uh, bigger classics. <laughs> I've forgotten about that. Something about, um, about two thousand. Um, my memories of two thousand were just to uh, correct the record on uh, a little bit on. Tony, Tony filled in for, I think, about six months when we didn't have a coach and um, there was all that political turmoil around Jakarta. We didn't have a ground, so we were training on the embassy tennis courts, of all things, and doing laps around Cunningham. You remember that, Tim? It was a mm -hmm. um, pretty tricky training regime and uh, yeah, he did coach us for one game down in, down in Bali and then we were lucky that uh, Sammy came along and took us through to the through to the, uh, the Asian champs, which were fantastic. Um, we had a great win in the final against Hong Kong and couple of really strong memories from the tournament were the, when Singapore missed out on the final, they were on the sidelines and went and got a goat from the other paddock and threw it on the ground for the, in the grand final. So there was a, a goat in one of the forward pocket throw-ins. The other memory I have was the poor guy from Laos, big ruckman from Laos broke his leg in the tournament. You might remember that. And an ambulance went on the ground to get him. And um, the ambulance, the little Indonesian ambulance was too small for this guy. So um, they had to open the back doors and his legs were out of the door as they drove him off down Chibawar down the, to the hospital. Um, so there were a couple of striking memories, but uh, it was a great win in the, in the championships and the, the final against Hong Kong. <laughs> the legs were hanging out the door. That is brilliant. Um, and, that, and that, you know, that, that sort of that whole period really changed the club, didn't it? I mean, the, the, the Asian champs now have been running for 20 years. This is, this is actually the first year think that the, the champs haven't been held. They were meant to be held last month. Um, uh, so it, it, it certainly did start a, a great tradition. Um, rolling into 2001, and um, Tomo, you, were, uh, you became coach in 2001, is that right? Yes, I did, and uh, Rob was the captain. I was, I was the coach for 2001 and two, and Rob was, was our captain. Yeah, for that the two-year period that I was there. And um, looking at some of the, the results, it was you were just getting bigger and better, weren't you? The the the, the team. It was there were more and more wins. Uh, the the championship win in uh, at, at the Chib in the Champs was uh, was was probably one of the uh, the drivers behind it all. And you just started winning more and more games. Yeah, the, the the biggest disappointment the the champs that year were in uh, Bangkok in Thailand, and and we we had a, a very good team. You know, um, uh, the fellows from Bali were always very good, yeah, strong fellows. Um, 
and just a couple of errors in the grand final where we should have won it uh, cost us. Um, I, um, I don't like to name names, but uh, Stiffy uh, made a couple of errors late in the last quarter that that uh, cost us. But nevertheless, um, you know, blokes like uh, Peter Muir or Gunny, as everyone knows him, Hinchy, uh, Stinkin' Lincoln, Matty Scarf. Um, uh, they're four of the guys I can remember who were bloody good footballers, particularly Gunny, um, that yeah. really added to our strength. And we just picked up over zero, one and two extra players that came in that were, were just quality footballers. Um, and uh, we missed out in 01, but 02, uh, it all came together and had a fantastic win over in Singapore against the Wombats to win the, the champs there. Which a number of people say was uh, is arguably the Bintang's greatest ever team was in 02. Yeah, um, look, I, I didn't play. I, I played again in 05, um, uh, which was great to come back and play with a whole bunch of different people. But but that team in 02, I think we had 33, and we you know rotated 11. Uh, each game that we played leading up to the grand final then picked the best team we could for the grand final against Singapore and beat them quite comprehensively in the grand final. But oh, quality team, uh, quality players, uh, you know, beggar on the back flank, Spearsy, Matty Stevens, Timmy, uh, the, the Barley guys I've mentioned, um, Kim Holthouse, uh, Ross Snowball, uh, just very, very good players. Uh, we were very fortunate it just came together at the one time. For sure. So that, uh, the spine of that team, Ben, was, I was just having a look before, it was um, Kim Holthouse, Tomo, Snowball, Muir, Sean Keenahan. Pretty good, pretty good spine. And then uh, all the guys on the outside were guys like oh, Metcalf and the Ruck, Begovic, Quinny, Keddie, Timmy, um, Chadwick, Robbie Keenan, Scarfy was just a fantastic side, and a few really good players missed out on even getting a game in that uh, in that final. It was really so that was in that was uh, that was the O2 final. Rob, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Begovic um, just starred, and and um, I've heard that the uh, few people have said the cheating wombats as well. Is that right? What, what what's what's the background to that? Apparently, they were uh, extending the timing so they could win. Uh, extra players. Shane Volk apparently picked a lot of this up. Did some good auditing. Oh, you denied. Yeah, there was, I think, one of the prelim games uh, might have been against China. They they had 19 players on the field, so it was close to half time. so their, their score was wiped, but they still got up and beat China. But, yeah, playing on their home ground, there were a few, few, um, few to uh, shifty characters amongst the wombats, and uh, they tried a few different things. And Volky was all over it. Brilliant. You mentioned also um, you mentioned Begovic before. You might remember Tom Oar. Begovic obviously played some good footy with the West Coast, and was injured at the Swans, where he did his second knee, and ended his career. He ended up in Jakarta with Price Wardhouse, and we had to twist his arm to play any footy at all. Yeah. We got him up for the Asian champs. He sort of wandered around the back line for a few games. And then just before the final, he came up to us. He goes, I'm feeling pretty good. I wouldn't mind a run in the middle if that's okay. We said, that, that's, that's very okay. And um, he just... <laughs> B.A.G. in the grand final. Yep. And, um, yeah, he, he played a great game and sort of um, came back to form. So it was terrific to see Bigger. 
get yep. that true. Ashley, I think they named him, didn't they? Ashley Begovic. Yep. If I could just quickly rewind back to 2001 when you, the, the, the Tangs went to Bali, I think it was in May. Um, you guys were down probably at three quarter time and then these words were spoken. Actually, Benny, uh, I think that was actually 2002 at Singapore in the uh, Asian Championships when those words were spoken. Wow. Um, I think in 2001, okay. the famous incident is when I uh, punched Chatters in the chest and knocked him to the ground. Uh, imploring our team to show a bit more aggression on the field. And um, I don't think Chatters has ever forgiven me for that, but Spearsy, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was at the, those words were the Asian Championships in 2002. Uh, I will correct you, actually. They were in Bali. Ben was right. And that's all. Okay. Yeah, no, that's certainly how I remember it. Okay. Sorry about that, fellas. I'm, I'm getting old. My memory <laughs> um, is, is dim. It was all the same incident with Chatters and um, yeah, it was in Bali, that famous game. And I think um, the words were advice and kicked five in the last quarter to, to get us home. In one yeah, he kicked, he kicked five in five minutes. Jeez. Yep. Um, so that year, I mean, you um, in 01 in particular, I, I think, uh, Rob, you were, you, were, you were the captain, you were the BJ medalist. There was a young kid called Keenan as well. I think he was, he was, uh, uh, young fella, it was, it was Chris's mate. Um, is that right, Tomo? Um, yeah, uh, I think he played more, more in 02, Robbie yeah. Keenan. Um, he, was, he was the son of my assistant, Natache, but he'd never played Aussie Rules before until he went up to bin, uh, Jakarta. Just a natural athlete. And your son could play footy as well, yeah, um, young Chris. It must have been a bit of a buzz playing... Uh, father-son footy with him. Was that the first time you played footy with him? Yeah, it was, Ben. Uh, that, that was one of the delights of my two years up there, actually playing with Chris. Um, he delivered a few um, uh, lace-out passes to me leading out from full forward, which was um, just fabulous to be part of. But, yeah, he, he was an integral part of our team over those two years. Very, very proud that I could play with him for that two-year period. Good to hear, um, Sammy. Uh, we've just we've just listened to one of the you know the iconic uh, pieces of audio that we probably hear every grand final function. Um, unfortunately, the the most iconic image is is probably you with your shirt <laughs> on that everyone sees each grand final. Uh, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I don't think I've spoken to Rob Spur since, to be honest, but. Um... No, it was, uh, Benny, it was a very hot day in Bali. We were late for the game. Um, would have been 38, 40 degrees, a lot of humidity. I'd never played in those sort of conditions ever. I was boiling. And I don't usually do that sort of thing, but I just took my uh, jumper off because I was so bloody hot. And uh, Spurry thought that was the best thing that ever happened in his life. And... Uh, he took a few shots and uh, I've never lived it down since. 
why yeah. didn't you take the why didn't you take the second Guernsey off as well, mate? Mate, I wish I could have that day. It was unbelievably <laughs> hot. Any wonder you're so hot, mate. You got so much hair. Yeah, well, you know. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. One of the other things, um, one of the other things Sammy did Ben was um, he invented the, the club song. Yes. Tell me more. Is this, the, uh, is this the Bintang Men song or the uh, or the the current one now that we have? But it's based on the North Melbourne song. That's that's. I thought current. that was Matt Stevens. I thought Matty Stevens uh, introduced that. We spoke. I think we. I remember singing it to, uh, well, singing, I mean, speaking it to Tim and saying, this actually works. Why don't we use it? But then I think they I, added all the other bits. And I think we had a committee meeting, didn't we, Rob? And um, everybody had an opportunity to come up with a, um, with a, um, with a team song. And I think it was at Warung Badung that everybody presented their, um, <laughs> presented their submissions. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I think um, Stevie's obviously won it. And then I, I believe um, Sean Keenahan come up with the preamble, the Passaraya Tanamore, is that right? Exactly right. It was a, it was a brutal, brutal committee meeting. Came along and everyone had mapped their songs out and we had to sing it. And then the committee would say, that is... <laughs> I was so nervous before the meeting. I, I, I penned one and um, I just got absolutely slammed. So. Yeah, yours was the worst, Dizzy. <laughs> I remember it. I still remember it. <laughs> and you, I think you wanted to call us the Kid Jugs, did you? Yeah. The Kid Jugs. <laughs> Brilliant. So that was that one. I I, I read some. Um, there was there was a, another song. Was this from Baldy that it was in the in the earlier days then of of trying to get everyone to sing some song about the. Uh, we are the Bintang men, the, the men from Bintang Town or something like that. What, what's that one? Yes, well, Baldy's a bit of a um, bit of a musician. So, yes, yeah, Baldy came up with that song. It was um, it's quite catchy. Um, unfortunately, well, unfortunately or fortunately, it didn't, um, didn't um, take over as the club song, but uh, it was quite a good song, actually. We used to sing it um, after a win, which... Um, which got everybody up and running, and Baldy obviously put his um, put his all into it, leading the way. Well, as 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 we all heard at the the start of the show, we uh, the, uh, the the current song is still living today. Um, so, uh, as penned by Sammy, the the winner back way back twenty years ago. So it's still it's still being sung by all of us when we actually play um, and win. Hopefully, that won't be uh, very far away. Um, one thing I want to mention, uh, you know, around 2000, 2001, you, you started doing more events as well. And, you know, I, I know that uh, Sticks Keenahan was, was, you know, quite prominent in that time as well, uh, sort of emceeing the BJ Morgan Awards, the, the AGM, and basically formalising a pocket-pissing um, event, isn't it, really? And um, that sort of tradition has really started. Um, how did, how did that all sort of work out and pan out? It must have been fun to be a part of. Well, I think the first one we had was a BJ Morgan at a little um, Italian restaurant that I think Fred was involved in, in um, Jalan Veteran um, upstairs, which um, 
which was a boozy evening. And I think Sammy won the inaugural BJ Morgan Award. Um, so he sort of based it very loosely on the on the Brownlow medal in a, in a mini format. Um, it was a good um, good little function. And I think um, there was a separate AGM Spearsy, which um, Leo Crowan came up with his Tin Childer speech, which was a black tie event. Everything, I think everything was a black tie event because uh, we just could. And uh, then characters like uh, Keena Han and, um, and um, Matty Stevens and, and a few other guys who are very clever wordsmiths, they, uh, they took it to another level. Indeed. And that's where the I've got to say, the two years I was there, Ben, um, the, uh, the BJ Morgan, the AGMs, uh, and probably the, the, the AFL Grand Final days to a lesser extent, they were a little bit different, but the, the former two, um, as Tim said, the, the wordsmithing and, and how they were presented by Keenahan in particular and Matt Stevens uh, were just superb. Absolutely superb. They were, they were good fun. Yeah, and we, you know, we, we still see that to this very day, don't we? When we catch up for the, the Bintang's big day out and uh, especially that one in Adelaide a few years ago that, that uh, Keenan did a, a presentation in. So it was, uh, it uh, reminded me of what could have been if I was still living here at the time. It would have been good fun. Well, well, I, if I if I could just touch on that one in uh, Adelaide, where we watched Port Adelaide, I think play Brisbane. Uh, what sticks in my mind about that is is that David Koch came in to meet us and was introduced by Sticks, and he and Koch he actually thought we were all wealthy wealthy businessmen from uh, working and operating in Southeast Asia. That was just absolutely hilarious. It was uh, very, very clever by sticks. Here to, here to invest in the club. I think on the yeah. day I was wearing my Glenelg 1985 Premier's T-shirt, which uh, it probably, probably didn't, wasn't a good sign that I was going to invest in Port Adelaide. <laughs> um, so that, that, I mean, that sort of era really, really brought about, you know, a lot of those traditions that you had the BJ, of course, the, the Asian champs was here as well. The song, which is still living very much today. Um, you mentioned Warung um, Badung as well. That was run by a uh, young Canadian gent, wasn't it? Brian Seller. Is that right? It was, yes, it was. The, um, He's quite an entrepreneur. He's had his finger in a lot of pies. Um, not many of those pies actually rose, unfortunately, Spearsy. I, I think one of the favourite ones was the uh, was the flavoured popcorn in, near the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> that was the problem. The popcorn shop was nowhere near the cinema. No. Oh, that's right. Because <laughs> of that, yeah. I think uh, I think we kept Brian in business with our committee meetings. Um, <laughs> for about 12 months because uh, there wasn't many other people there. But uh, once um, once the committee meeting started happening and uh, Mickey Harmon and Greggy worked out that uh, they could uh, load up the bill for us for the uh, for the beers, off they off he went and um, he made a tidy little profit, young Brian. Oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. There were, there were plenty of characters in the, at that time and when we talked about of course, Mickey Harmon. There was Gregory Parham. Any any of the other standouts at that at that time? Um, Sammy, how about you and your two years? Who stood out in your mind? 
Oh, I think I think Lofty Elliott did because yep. he the late and great Peter Elliott that uh, he would he would come down and train and do his bit. He knew he had absolutely bugger all chance of ever playing. And uh, he sort of just went there and he put his all into supporting the team and he was there, rain, hail or shine. So I always thought to myself, you know, this guy really just loves being around the Bintangs for what the club was all about. He knew he wasn't a greatly skilled player or, you know, he couldn't contribute that heavily on the field, but just a great guy to have around because he was always there supporting uh, the team. Yeah, indeed. And that's, and that's very much what the, what the club's all about, isn't it? In fact, we, um, I'm not sure if you know, we've, we've got our domestic tournament that we will just play, you know, normally a three side round robin over about a 10 week period and it's for the lofty cup. Um, so named after him as just a, a great clubman and a good for the domestics um, and, and just good fun to be around. Uh, How about Benny, you? Uh, Benny, uh, just, just a little sidebar. Um, another very important uh, cultural icon of the Bintangs, which, which come across through the grand final functions and the BJ and the, the AGMs was the Jezza Glasses. Are the Jezza Glasses still alive? They are. And um, yeah, they, they're, they're successfully handed back to the club. The successful recipient on the, in, the, in the raffle at every AGM uh, presents them back to the club the next day. So yeah, we still have them. We still have a large bottle of, uh, there's still a large bottle of uh, whiskey as well. I think that might've been from um, Dolls, yeah? That's the government grant, yes. Aha. Uh -huh. One thing, a few things um, we want to cover. Um, we're putting together a 25 in 25 top moments in the club. Um, and the, you know, a number of those sort of events, the, the, the BJ, of course, and, you know, the first one, of course, the Asian champs, the champs win in 2002. Some of these activities will no doubt, you know, will definitely be in it. Um, Timmy, you, you were here for a long, long time. What, what, what was one of your standout memories or a few of them at the Bintangs? Um, I think um, the family Serratus um, little episode <laughs> was, uh, was quite famous. I think there's a fair bit of footage uh, going on that. I think it was myself, Baldy, Greggy, Matty Stevens, Quinny, and a couple of Kenny, I think, and a couple of others. So uh, that was that was good fun. Um, the um, the famous incident at Baldy's um, paddock with the uh, the thousand dollar goat um, stands out as a bit of a momentous occasion. It was quite funny. Um, always after a good win in Bali getting in the pool and uh, having a few beers. There's some great shots of, uh, of that and that's, there's no single incident there, but um, that I think the tradition would uh, uh, keep on with that one. Um, the bush dance was a uh, great success and a good fun night. Um, what else was there? Oh, and the other, not, not a particular one thing, but um, the, um, Getting the kids involved in uh, in footy in the early days, it was um, Andy and Dave Caney and uh, and Baldy again, sort of 
Tony with the uh, with the Bogor School and Andy sort of helping uh, the flyer out and um, and Baldy and Baldy doing his thing, trying to think he can make a buck out of it. But um, he he actually got quite a few kids sort of playing footy, which um, which was quite good. But uh, there are a few sort of little things that um, that sort of come to mind. Yeah, thanks for that, Tim. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the the development side. Um, of course, in today's environment where we're, uh, you know, there are less and less expats living here. It is the uh, it's the local players that are uh, that are making up our team in in many ways. And um, yeah, what you know, those early days of what started with Baldy and and, and Dave and and Andy have very much lived through to right now. To then, you know, later on when, of course. And you had people like Chris Bandy was was working on it, and Steve-O as well, uh, through the embassy. So that's a very, very much an important part of, of who we are now. Um, I think they, there was probably the first exhibition games weren't there in um, probably around 2002 at Chibabore with you know against Singapore, and then possibly again, um, yeah, a few other times weren't there. But it was probably around that 2002 era, and it was very much about the. What was it, the Panchawati teams and the and the teams out of Bogor as well? So, yeah, it was a it's a it's a really important part of our club now, and and it's you know while we talk about the you know the legacy of of what a lot of people have come in and 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 built through through the traditions and the and the like, um, yeah, it's very much the the long-standing community effort that that sort of lives to this very day. Um, one thing I've of course noticed um, in my time of at the early days where we had no sponsors to then coming back a few years later and seeing there was a lot of money um, in the club and, and no doubt you know with with success and the numbers of, of, of people there was probably more interest from the embassy and 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 the corporate world as well um, you certainly made a bit of money in that time too didn't you and were able to give back to the community Dave. Vision, uh, Cable Vision Spearsy. Yeah, they were um, <clears throat> they were a terrific sponsor, of course, but I think all that started with the 98 grand final function and we put together a terrific committee and those guys need to be acknowledged, which is Tim, Shane, Robbo and Stewie Fraser and yourself, Ben and Andy and Greggy Parham. And I think um, we went out to get the, some sponsorship for that first function and Robbo went out and got five grand out of TNT and a couple of grand out of ANZ and CGU and... I just couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe these companies were giving a bunch of ragtag footballers money like that. But um, their functions were hugely successful and they came back year after year and that's where it all started. And then, yeah, up to the point where Kenny got 40 grand out of Cablevision for a year, um, which is amazing. And the club um, was able to put that to good use and into some good social programs um, over the years in consultation with ANZA. Beautiful. Uh, boys, is there anything you want to um, finish up on there? Um, Sammy, Tomo, any lasting memories? Yeah, yeah. I think your original question, Ben, was you know, highlights. I was only there for that two years in my posting as the Army Attaché, but certainly uh, thoroughly enjoyed that two years coaching. Um, winning the 20, uh, 2002 Asian Champs, fantastic. And then the last event that I was involved in before I um, you know, moved back to Australia was winning the Bali Nines. Yep. Um, fantastic again. But just meeting some wonderful, wonderful people who I've kept in touch with through the, the Bintang's big day out. 
but uh, there were certainly some characters. Uh, uh, you know, I won't go through them all, but fantastic people, uh, well-intentioned, well-meaning. And I've got to say, the two grand final functions in 01 and 02 that I was part of were just sensational uh, events. Five, 600 people, maybe more. Um, the BJ Morgan nights, the, the general meetings, uh, they were just um, a laugh a minute. It was hilarious, funny, eventful. Um, it, it was just, to me, a, a fantastic couple of years. Uh, couldn't have asked for any more and, and just thoroughly enjoyed that two years I was up there. And uh, you hear it from a lot of people, don't you, when, when uh, especially the, the, the big day out, the reunions that we, that yeah. we have. Australia and a lot of people say that it, you know, Jakarta's not the easiest place to be. There's there's all sorts of things going on um, that can be quite disruptive and um, a, a sense of normality or abnormality, uh, if you want yeah. to put it that way with the Bintangs, um, brings things back to home and, and, and back to earth as well. And it's one of those wonderful things that I, I think at the time, Timmy, when we were starting it, we just wanted to have a kick of footy and a beer and, and, and watch a game together at the pub. And, and, and fortunately, it was able to grow from there. And there are a lot of other clubs. All the other clubs around Asia were able to do the same. It was just a, um, it was just a period, wasn't it, in the 90s when you had a lot of the young people up there and, and um, all with the same similar energy and, and, and interests. How about you, Sammy? Yeah, similar to Tomo. I mean, we just... Just quality people that were um, in the Bintangs and really came together as a group. Made it, um, a lot of great times, great functions, a lot of humour. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed my two years there because just so lucky to be associated with those types of people. Um, mm. and you always remember that because, you know, in, during your life, you don't get those opportunities all the time. So when they come along, you just treasure them even more when you go back and think about it. And, you know, and they just some of the best years of my footballing life that I always think back as just so lucky to have been able to play up there. Yeah, it's, it's, that's beautifully put and, and, uh, and probably a wonderful way to finish. Um, it's every time I uh, wake up and go out to the Bintangs or and, and any form of Asian football, I just know it's a privilege to, to be doing it. And um, you do miss it when it's, when it's gone, don't you? So gentlemen, thank you so much. You're all, you're all legends of the club and you've, you've had an enormous impact on, on the footy team and the club um, and, and what you did in this, in this city over that time um, uh, still lives with us today. So thank you so much. And, um, Welcome back anytime on our next episodes on the on the Bintang. At 25, perpetuating the myth. Stay tuned for the next episodes. Thank you very much, fellas. Thanks, Benny. Cheers now. See you, mate. See you all. Join in the chorus and sing it one and all. Join in the chorus. Jakarta's on the ball. Jakarta, the champions you'll agree, Jakarta is the team that beat.